Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This story is about a decade old now. Some backstory. I'm from Australia and lived there during this event. At the time, my girlfriend, now wife, lived in another country, but was visiting me over Christmas break. I lived in a big city, which, if you drove about an hour in any direction, would either lead to another city or beautiful nature. My friends and I decided to take my girlfriend to see some of this beautiful nature, and we decided on a national park about an hour and a half from where we lived. This place is definitely no sort of secret location. It's very well known, but there are a ton of different areas to it, all with different rural and windy roads, taking you to the various areas of the park. We'd gone in two different cars, my friends in one, me and my girlfriend in another. That way we could have a little time together. We finished out the day of hiking and were heading home down one of the less common roads. I remember seeing this really beat up old 70s sedan with a wild looking dude in the driver's seat drive past us in the other direction. This wasn't uncommon, as there were a lot of smaller, less economically sound towns spattered around the area. But for some reason, he and his car stood out, and even my girlfriend noticed this as well. About 200 meters further down the very windy road, there was a pull-off area. Just a semicircle of gravel you could pull off and look out towards the ocean on. There was a camper van belonging to a company that mostly rented out colorful vans to backpackers parked there, with a woman standing in front of it. As soon as she sees us, she jumps out onto the road and flags us down. Now, I've read enough of these stories to know pulling in to help her on a quiet road might not be the safest idea. But back then, I hadn't, and my friends were in the car directly behind us, so I felt safe. Luckily, she wasn't the person that I didn't want to meet. She was quite obviously upset and scared when we pulled in. I told my girlfriend to wait in the car, and I got out to speak to this woman. She was nearly in tears. I can't remember where she was from, but it was a Central European country from memory, and she was touring around with her four or five-year-old daughter at the time. She told me her van had broken down, and she'd pulled off there and called the van company's assistance line, and was just waiting for help. By this time, my friends had pulled in behind us, and a couple of them had gotten out to come over to see what was up. Apparently, a scary man had driven past her a few times already, first time pulling over to offer to take her and her daughter to the nearest town for help. She thanked him and said no, and that she was waiting for the assistance vehicle to arrive. He left, but then kept driving past every 10 to 15 minutes in opposite directions, slowing down and looking at them before driving off once more. She begged us to stay with her while she waited for the assistance vehicle, because this guy absolutely terrified her and her daughter. I agreed. My friends being the awesome people they are decided me and my girlfriend were enough, and they ditched us. Thanks, guys. We stayed with the woman for a little while before the car my girlfriend and I had seen earlier drove past, kind of slow coming the opposite way we'd seen him the first time. As soon as he'd driven around the bend, the lady told us, 
That was the scary man that she'd been seeing before we got there. This got my girlfriend and I to take her much more seriously after the feeling we got from the guy, just seeing him on the road once. A few minutes later, he came back from the other direction and pulled into the parking area. Some more context. I am not an intimidating man. I'm tall-ish, but I have almost zero muscle and fairly soft features. So, there's not at all intimidating me, a terrified foreign woman, her tiny daughter, and my girlfriend, who doesn't look that intimidating, but is tough as nails, parked off a quiet road in a rural location with a not-so-nice-looking dude pulling into where we were. Great. He gets out, and his redneck is hell, and definitely not friendly-looking. No judgment on the redneck part. Definitely judging about the not-friendly part. I come from a poorer country town north of our city, and those are my people. But hopefully, that sets a picture. He strolls over to us, and at this point, I walk towards him to put myself between the girls and him. I have no idea where this bravery came from, and I would definitely not describe myself as a brave person normally. He looks at the girls, and then at me, and asks if he can help. I tell him no, we were just waiting for the assistance vehicle, and tell him that we've got it covered. He then says maybe he could stay and wait with the woman and her daughter, so we didn't have to. I tell him that we're happy to stay, and thank him, but again, we've got it covered. He kind of just stood there for a while, staring at all of us, not really saying much, but definitely giving off mega creepy vibes. After what seemed like forever, another car drove past us and looked out, but they just kept going. This simple act seemed to startle him. He mumbled good luck and got in his car before driving off. We waited with this poor scared woman and her daughter for nearly an hour and a half, ended up talking a lot, and hopefully we had made her opinions of Australians a little brighter after the mega creep, who did drive past once more about 10 minutes after he'd left us. Finally, the assistance vehicle arrived, with a bigger dude who could definitely handle himself in the driver's seat. I asked to see his ID and stuff to be safe, but he was in a car marked by the company, had all his tools, and certainly seemed legit. We gave the lady my number and asked her to text me when she was off safe. She was so grateful to us for staying with her for such a long time. Made me feel good that even if this dude was just a weird-looking, awkward country guy that didn't mean harm and was really just trying to help, we'd still made her feel more comfortable in a strange country. I don't think he was on the level, and definitely believe he was up to no good, but you never know. A few hours later, I got a message from her to say she was safe, so everything ended well. But creepy mountain dude... If we ever met again, it would be way too soon. So, let's just not. My boyfriend, who I live with, works as a teacher in a town about 15 minutes away by train. He gets home more or less at the same time every day, give or take 30 minutes or so. I, on the other hand, work from home. In late January of this year, We'd gotten into a pretty big fight about something rather stupid. I can't even remember what it was about now, but it was one of those fights where we didn't speak to each other, text, call, or anything the whole next day. So this afternoon, I was lying in bed getting work done. I remember it was a Tuesday, 
and I was pretty sure his last class finished at 1pm on Tuesdays, meaning he'd surely be home around 2.30. But around 1pm, I heard the front door open and shut. I thought, hmm, I guess he's home an hour early today. It was normal for him to skip his last class every once in a while, so I didn't really think much of it. In fact, I was mostly mentally preparing for the awkward post-fight, hey, how's it going, conversation. So I continued to lie in bed and do my work, and wait for him to come in and change his clothes. The bedroom door was closed, and I had earplugs sort of half in, as I usually do when I'm working, but I could hear the heavy footsteps of him walking around the apartment as he always does. If we hadn't been mid-fight, and I wasn't so preoccupied with the awkwardness of it all, I might have noticed it was strange how slow the footsteps were, or how long he spent walking around the living room. But I was caught up in the dramatics of the fight, and didn't think twice about it. I was just lying there, waiting, waiting, waiting for him to finally come in. Finally, the bedroom door slowly opened, but just a few inches. I turned my head towards the door and prepared to give him a sort of awkward, we've been fighting for 24 hours, huh? Smile. But the door didn't open more than a few inches. I looked and saw that it was a woman's hand with red nail polish on the doorknob. Whoever was there slowly closed the door just as they had opened it, without entering the room. I jumped out of bed, ripped out my earplugs, and sort of just froze there for a few seconds while trying to think rapidly. My first thought, that was not my boyfriend. Then I thought, could that have been his mom? His sister? The landlady, maybe? For some reason, I concluded that surely it was his mom or sister. So I opened the bedroom door and walked into the living room. There wasn't anyone there, but the room smelled heavily of women's perfume. Then I came to my senses and realized his mom and sister don't have keys, and they've never come over before. The landlady has never entered without permission. This was absolutely a stranger. I ran back into the bedroom and shut the door, now shaking heavily. There's a balcony connected to the bedroom, so despite the cold January rain, I stood on the balcony and called my boyfriend. He picked up, and I asked him if his mom or sister might have come over unannounced. He told me, No way that was either of them. Don't move. I'm calling the police. The police were there in minutes and searched the whole apartment. And of course, nobody was there by this point. It was weird though. Nothing was missing from the apartment, despite us keeping a jar full of money right in the entranceway. Nothing was even touched. In fact, it seemed like the intruder came straight to the bedroom, saw my legs on the bed, panicked, and left. Plus, you can't open that big wooden front door without a key. For a few days, my boyfriend and I were convinced it was just the landlady being nosy, and I began to feel a bit better. Nevertheless, we demanded that the landlady change our locks. When she came to change them with her husband, she made a discovery. There was a square area by the keyhole that had been scratched away with something. The landlady said surely someone used tools to break into the apartment that day. Then, a day or two later, my boyfriend told me, I have to tell you something, but please don't freak out. He told me that the orange kitchen scissors were missing, and I obviously freaked out. I tore the apartment down to the studs looking for those scissors. It's been six months, 
and I've never seen those scissors again. So the whole thing is just creepy and weird. A stranger breaks into a nice apartment, but doesn't touch or take anything valuable, not even the money jar sitting right by the door. But they take scissors from the kitchen, head straight to the bedroom. When they see someone in bed, they immediately leave. I never got to meet the person who opened the door that day, and I hope that I never do. I'm a girl, and when I grew up, my mom was a horrible addict. She barely took care of me as a child. At the time of this incident, I was around six or seven, so my awareness and understanding of things happening may not totally make much sense. And this happened way back in the 90s. One night, my mother and I were on a car ride. I wasn't sure why we were driving, because it was so late at night. Not sure what time it was, but I assume it was really late because there weren't many cars on the street, and I was sleeping in the back seat. I don't even remember getting in the car. My mom drove up to some sketchy house and left me in the back seat for what felt like forever. When suddenly, the car door swung open and someone violently grabbed me by the arm and yanked me out of the car. I started screaming and crying instantly until the man that had grabbed me looked me in the eyes and said, Be quiet. Don't try to run or I'll kill you. He had a scruffy beard and looked like a madman. I was scared to death so I just shut my mouth and listened. He held me tight by my arm, shut the car door, and walked with me down the street. I looked back at the house my mom was in, praying that she would come to my defense. But that never happened. As we walked down the street, I wanted to cry, but I was in shock and fearful what would happen if I did. I didn't know what to do. If I sniffled or cried, the man would tighten his grip and yell at me. I can't even explain how scared and confused I was. We walked for a little while and ended up in the projects. The projects were a bunch of buildings crammed together in a neighborhood. We walked into one of the buildings and walked straight up a flight of stairs. My legs and feet hurt like hell, but I was too scared to stop moving or to try to complain. We walked up another flight of stairs when I saw some random guy smoking a cigarette in the stairwell. Then, without warning, the guy who had me by the arm fell to the ground in a heap. It all happened so fast, I didn't know how the kidnapper fell to the ground, but the next thing I remember, cigarette guy was punching and kicking the guy in the face and head. The kidnapper was out cold. Cigarette guy picked up the kidnapper by the back of his jacket and tossed him down the stairs. You have no idea how scary and violent it is, to see an unconscious man fall down the stairs. And to this day, I still have a fear of falling downstairs. That man bled everywhere. I still have no idea how Cigarette Guy knew to help me, but I'm so glad that he did. Maybe he could see the tears in my eyes. Maybe he just picked up on something and had a bad vibe. But he acted instantly. The first second he could, he attacked the would-be kidnapper. Cigarette guy starts pacing back and forth, swearing at himself, gritting his teeth, and clenching his fists. I thought he was mad at me, so I started to cry. He looked at me and said, Okay, 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 shut up, shut up. He had an attitude, so I listened to him out of fear. 
I wasn't as scared of Cigarette Guy as much as the Bearded Guy, but I was still scared. He started to ask me questions with an attitude. Why are you out this late? Where are your parents? Why would you talk to strangers? I was in so much shock, I couldn't answer the man's questions correctly. He asked if I knew my way home, and I told him I didn't. I told him a broken story about what happened, and somehow with the information I gave him, he knew where my mom's car was. The only thing I remember about the road is passing a house with Christmas lights on it, despite it being well past Christmas at this point. I think he knew the area well enough and figured out where I needed to go from the information that I could give him, but I honestly don't even remember telling him about the Christmas lights. Anyway, he told me he would take me back if I promised over and over that I wouldn't tell the police that I saw him or anyone that looked like him, and he made me promise that I wouldn't even tell the police anything. He had an attitude. I didn't care what he asked me. I just wanted to get back to my mom. So I agreed. I followed him down the stairs. The bearded guy was still laying on the ground bleeding at the bottom of the stairs. He wasn't moving at all. And for all I knew, he was dead. And I hope now that he was. Cigarette guy stepped over the bearded guy and I followed. We walked outside and cigarette guy looked around panicky. I remember him telling me, the police don't like me. We walked out of the projects. My feet still hurt. Cigarette guy was walking fast in a panic, and I basically had to jog to keep up with him. I started crying, and he asked what was wrong. I told him that my feet hurt, and I remember him sucking his teeth and picking me up with an attitude. He awkwardly cradled me in both arms, walked down the road for a bit. Then I remember him swearing and running behind a house or a building. A cop car was driving down the road. He had put me down and told me to run to the police car. I tried to run, but my legs could barely move, and I was still so scared. The cop car kept driving and rode away without seeing me before I could even get remotely close to it. Cigarette man kept swearing to himself as he picked me up again and ran down the street. He took me behind a lot of houses and hid from every cop car that drove by. I assume now that the police were looking for me. He carried me in both arms, running fast down the road until I saw my mom at her car in the distance. She was surrounded by police. Cigarette guy put me down and told me to run to the police. I got so excited that the pain in my legs just disappeared. And as he put me down, he ran away and disappeared himself. I ran towards the police and my mom. My mom picked me up and hugged me tightly. At this point, the police started to ask me and my mom questions. I don't remember too much about their questions, but I remember my mom telling the police some convoluted story that just didn't make any sense. She basically told me to not say a thing, and I didn't say much, but I did cry the whole time. We went home. Days later, my dad picked me up, and he knew that something was wrong. I told him everything. And from that point on, I never lived with my mom again. When I grew up and had time to think about that day, I never forgave my mother. Not too long ago, I asked my dad what he remembers about the situation, and he told me what he thinks happened from what I explained to him years ago. He said that he thinks my mom was on a drug binge. I got kidnapped. Someone saved me, but the person that saved me had warrants. And he wasn't mad at me. He was just frustrated with the situation that he had to deal with. Imagine being a criminal on the run, 
and now you have a kidnapped girl with you, and you just beat a guy half to death. If he would have gotten caught with me, he could be in jail for my kidnapping. With my mom lying and me being in shock and confused, I wouldn't be able to tell them that that was the man that helped me, because while it was all happening, I didn't even know that he was helping me. To the man that saved me that night, thank you so much. To the man that tried to kidnap me, while I hope you're around no longer, if you are, let's still not meet.